Welcome to the Women of Steel podcast. I'm Nia Singleton and across this series I've had the privilege of talking to some of Tata Steel's most senior women and the women set to take the organisation into the future as current young graduate engineers to get an insight into what it's really like to be a woman working in a male-dominated industry. Being a woman can bring its challenges but from the conversations we are having it can also have its advantages. Diversity in any workplace is important and the perspectives that women can bring to a traditionally male environment should not be overlooked. Women help bring diversity of thought, opinion and mindset to the table, helping to strengthen the organisation for what is an uncertain future in the face of a challenging world steel market. Today's guest is Joanne Lane. Joanne is UK Procurement Director for Tata Steel, one of two women on the 10-person business management team at Tata Steel's Potalbot Hub and has worked in the steel industry for 25 years. Starting her career as a buyer in 1993 for what was then British Steel, Joanne has worked in a number of positions, including supplies manager, operations manager and regional procurement director, up to her current role as UK procurement director with responsibility for 113 staff and a multi-million pound budget portfolio across procurement and stores. And if that wasn't enough to keep anyone busy, Joanne has a busy life outside of steel, happily married to Mark with two teenage children, Matthew aged 18 and Keris who's 16. So welcome to the Women of Steel podcast, Joanne. Listening back to that very brief recap of your career, can you quite believe that you've seen 25 years in this industry? Thanks for having us, Nia. It's, it's, a, it's a great privilege to join these. I've listened with interest to our, our colleagues. I think the work that you're doing is excellent here. And yes, you're right, 25 years has really flown by. Um, I've really enjoyed every minute um, here and uh, the experiences and the diversity that the steel industry can offer anyone um, is, is, is quite profound um, and, and certainly changed um, my outlook uh, on life and uh, and indeed what I share with my children and my family outside of work too. So yeah, it's absolutely flown by, um, enjoyed every minute of it. So when you were in school, what were your sort of career ambitions then? Uh, to be honest, I was one of these uh, children that really didn't have any sort of fixed or firm ideas in terms of occupation. I know that probably sounds quite strange. Um, but I grew up in a very working class family. Uh, my parents um, didn't consider themselves to be educated people. Um, and what they did for me was instill in me and my two siblings uh, a, an appreciation of hard work and commitment to whatever you took on. Yeah. Um, they felt that education was a way to become better than they were. They saw it as an opportunity and a gateway. And whilst they themselves hadn't gone to university, um, they had great aspirations for us um, and really, really um, instilled in us the importance of education, hard work, commitment and dedication, really, to uh, whatever you took on. Um, they didn't really differentiate between us. Uh, we were two boys and a, uh, two, two girls and a boy. Um, they had no sort of fixed views about what we should be. Um, they didn't want us to follow in their footsteps. They wanted us to do better. 
um, to do a lot better and the method by which they saw us doing that was through education so I was very very lucky really in terms of the upbringing I had very difficult in some senses sort of in a financial sense but um, in every other sense uh, hugely supportive um, and, and motivating um, and therefore yeah we were allowed to explore and and, and try things and do things that we liked and encouraged to do what we liked. So, um, yeah, I think I think that allowed me um, in later life to explore different options and opportunities. Um, and I look back and, you know, I thank them for that. You lived locally then, did you? Did you grow up in, in and around Port Talbot? I did, yes. Um, we I was um, lived for the first part of my life in, in Neath and then moved to Port Talbot. Um, Went to a local school, local Catholic school. Um, and again, you know, uh, in terms of honesty and integrity, working hard, uh, you know, um, treating others as you like to be treated yourself was very much part of our our makeup and was instilled in us um, through our parents and, and through the school that we went to. So, um I went away then to university, um, you know, the first one in the family to go. My parents told everyone in the vicinity that I was going. Fantastic. Um, and had, yeah, I was very, very interested in people. So I ended up doing a psychology degree is what I did. Um, people say, is that useful in your line of work? Um, it is. <laughs> um, it is. But yes, um, you know, I was I was allowed to explore and and do what I enjoy doing um, and that was through school in my chosen degree and then um, obviously I came into the the steel industry um, and, and that was meant to be if I'm honest uh, a year out I was um, debating what postgraduate course I wanted to do um, came in and took a um, what I thought would be a sort of temporary junior buying role um, yeah, as you say, 25 years later, still here. That's what I was going to say then. It feels like a psychology degree um, wouldn't necessarily lend itself into um, working in the steel industry as a buyer. Um, so what made you stick around then in steel? Uh, well, my, my first role was a, a junior buyer role. Um, I, it, it immediately struck me when I started here um, how 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 great an uh, atmosphere it is, how great it is to be part of a manufacturing process. And the people were very welcoming. People would uh, go to great lengths to show you and uh, explain to you what was required. And um, they helped me explore this commercial world that I now really enjoy working in. Um, they helped me develop the skills that I needed that interest in people, what motivates people, what creates good teams, uh, the dynamics of the workplace, the culture, um, are all in things that I'm very, very interested in. And it struck me when I came here how positive that was. Um, absolutely enjoyed the, the junior role, um, learned so, so much um, commercial activity, how businesses, how, how our suppliers function, how big organizations function um, and um, really really enjoyed that year um, and before I was due to leave um, I was offered um, an alternative role 
Um, I loved it so much. I felt that I'd learned so much. Mm. Um, obviously, when you come out of university, it's a, it's a big change. When you're coming into a big organisation, I'd learned so much. I, I, I felt I wasn't ready to leave at that stage and then, you know, took took on uh, an additional role and decided to stay. And and you've made real, you know, you've had a real successful career over the last 25 years. And yeah. um, so you must have enjoyed it, but there must have been times, um, you know, on, on your career path that have been challenging for you. Um, would you have say you would have found that at the start of your career or now the more senior you're getting, is it more challenging for you? I think, to be honest, it is for me um, in my situation. It was early on in my career. Um, I obviously graduated. I chose to do what I was doing. I was learning so much, really enjoyed work and really started to progress quite quickly through the organisation. Mm. Um, partway through that uh, process, um, uh, I was was fortunate enough to um, have my first child, my son, Matthew. Um, so went off on maternity leave. And, and again, even the whole process of going off on maternity leave, it seems like a, an age ago now because we've changed so much. I was the first person in our function probably for 20 or 30 years to go off and have a baby. There were more men than women and they weren't really sure what to do with me. Um, <laughs> I come in and I done you know exceptionally well and then I was saying uh, sorry I, I'm going to go off um, to have uh, my son I'd like to come back um, there was no such thing as um, keep in touch days there was no such thing as uh, sort of uh, a maternity sort of uh, extended period there was no flexible working or any of the good things that we have now developed for working mothers and I came back and, and you hear about it quite a lot where people really get stuck on a broken rung. And I, I got stuck there. I came back after having my son. Um, they forgot I was due back. So I sat in reception for an hour and a half um, before oh. getting, marching in and deciding I was going to take control of the situation myself. Um, and then probably for about two years after that, um, I, I think the organisation didn't know what to do with me, and, and and I felt stuck. I think I think the the things that I demonstrated that I could do prior to going off on maternity leave, I'd almost been forgotten, and I was starting from ground zero again. So I think for me that period of um, having my son, and then two years later I had my daughter, and feeling frustrated, feeling stuck, um, not really sure then if this was what I wanted to do um, and if I did how was I going to pick up my career because I did feel like it had sort of stopped for that period so that, that I think for me was the most challenging part and of course anyone with young children whether that's you know males or, or, or females would probably understand how difficult it is to come back to work after having uh, children and then I really felt like I was starting all over again and yet I'd done so much to prove myself before I'd gone off. So it was a kind of strange sort of stuck feeling. And probably one of the most uh, significant challenges I faced 
is that just getting off that middle management rung. I was kind of kind of stuck, if I'm if I'm honest. Mm. I didn't know whether then I needed to change careers, whether I'd pick the right thing to do, whether I just needed a different role. I went through all of that um, piece, and I suppose you 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 know perhaps a lot of women will recognise this. There was a bit of a confidence gap for me during that period as well. But perhaps I wasn't good enough. Perhaps I went off thinking I was good enough, and maybe maybe I wasn't. It's difficult because I I can recognise everything that you're saying, you know, um, because you sort of lose yourself slightly, don't you, in pregnancy and then following thereafter childbirth and and that period of maternity when you've been handed this little being that you have to look after and everything all your life prior to that is sort of a distant memory now, isn't it? It's never going to be the same again. And you have to re-find who you are as a person in this with this new additional role and then coming back to a workplace that sort of has forgotten about you, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah. It must have been really tough. So how did you persevere? You know, was there a particular person who helped mentor you or was it just you just grafting, grafting through? How did you break through that sort of yeah. rut that you were in? I, I think I think for, for me, um, I went through that period and I think the first thing that certainly I do is say, well, aren't I working hard? So I go back to those traits that uh, my parents are trying to instill in us, that path, you know, am, am I not working hard enough? Am I not showing enough commitment? So initially I went to me, I need to step up my game. I need to do more. I clearly am not working hard enough. I need to be, you know, so much better than than I was, than I am. So I did all of that piece, which, of course, is exhausting in the end. Um, But I I had there were two sort of go to people, really, when I was going through this. Um, One of them, um, a a woman who'd come in to be um, the director in the Tata Steel Europe procurement organization um, and um, a male um, colleague who um, really was my go-to people around sort of the, the position I was in, um, what I wanted to do, how was I dealing with the issues. They were absolutely outstanding. Um, and, and the lady in particular um, became um, a really solid, honest platform for me to uh, to go to. Um, we had a very sort of open relationship where, you know, she would present me with the challenges that I needed to work on, but gave back um, equal support. So the challenge and support was given in equal measure, um, was very fair, um, very supportive, and she pushed me along. And when I secured the the role after that, um, after that period, I was I was absolutely ecstatic, and it was a combination of who I am and how I how I think, and their support and challenge and help that they they offered. Um, you know, and sometimes it's not it's not easy to hear the improvement opportunities that somebody can offer. But I knew that their integrity was spot on. I knew they were trying their best to support me. I knew they wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. And it helped me really get past that broken rung. And that was probably one of the most significant points in my in my career when I look back. 
and yes of course you learn from it you know absolutely learn from it but I think having that mentor having that support group or network or go-to person in the work environment who can offer you challenge and support is really really important that's that's what we we all need um, and, and should aspire to to, to, to connect with. Because I suppose now um, in the position that you're in and um, like I said at the start you have overall responsibility for 113 people. Have those experiences changed the way that you lead and the way that you behave as a leader would you say? Oh absolutely. Um, I think leadership is something that you you are constantly working at. I, I'm constantly reflecting on my style, um, how I like to be treated, um, and 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 trying to um, demonstrate and show that and have time for people um, around you. As I said at the start, really, Nia, people. Um, motivation, team, um, you know, um, functioning, um, organisations, trying to change culture is something I'm really, really interested in. And I think in that process and in my journey, I absolutely learned that integrity and honesty and respect, that trusted environment that you can put around people. Um, I like to think my door is open to anyone who works with me or around me. Um, and I think allowing yourself time and um, investing time in your team, in your people, mm. um, is both personally rewarding and so so much satisfaction when um, you know you're delivering and the team are performing. You see and people grow in front of you, hugely hugely rewarding. Um, and and really, I would say the best part of of my job now absolutely um the thing that gets me up to bed at half past five the thing that'll keep me working is, is exactly that this responsibility I feel towards the team and, and trying to be the best version of myself I'm sure there are days where you know there's still work for me to uh, to improve on there but uh, we, we try our best and that for me that team that sense of trust and that culture that supports my team is really, really important to me. Reflecting on what you're saying, because I would say um, in recent months, your function has really stepped up to the mark with my sort of community liaison hat on, because your team uh, led the way with PPE donations for the NHS um, at the start of the pandemic. And um, you continue to support, your function continues to support the community in Patal, but in particular with donations to school children for um, pencil cases for September. So that really must make you proud that the team that you lead are living the company's values and your own values, as you've been saying, you know. So is it a case of to foster that positive atmosphere, you as a leader um, make the determined effort to go into work with a positive attitude and, like you said, this open door policy and um, to be supportive, um, have integrity. Is it as easy as that? <laughs> I think, in a sense, it's as simple as that. I'm not sure it's always easy. <laughs> it, it, it is that simple. I think people want to be trusted. They want to be empowered. You generally see people behaving um, in the right way if the environment, if the culture is is right. 
my team have had some sort of fantastic ideas around how we could improve the function um, in the COVID crisis in the early days, uh, you know, the emotion and the 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 spark that was coming from the NHS and they wanted to become involved, they wanted to help local care homes, funeral homes and uh, people in the community and a lot of them were giving up their personal time to do that and again that positivity that that creates for the whole team can't be um, undervalued that positivity is filtering back in every time that, that, that they were reaching out and there were more things that we could get involved in um, and more they could help with and it, it does it creates a very powerful sense of team it creates a very um, strong connection for the, with those who are involved in that um, and you see the very best in people the very best um, and I'm fortunate. I, I work with a bunch of really positive, motivated people who, who want to do the best, you know, and, and, and give everything really to try and do the best. And um, and sometimes, you know, we get things right and sometimes we get things not so right and then improvement opportunities. But one thing's for sure, where everyone is trying to go in the right direction and uh, are, are extremely motivated I mean, we're very, very lucky in Tartersdale. We all have, I, I believe anyway, a very good um, job offering. I've had a very good career with Tartersdale and some of the community work that I've been involved in just reinforces really how fortunate we are to have employment with um, such a good company. Um, and the stark reality, especially in our local communities, there are people indeed in genuine poverty um, the children and the school element is something I'm very, very passionate about. I believe education is the the method to help these uh, children um, remove stereotypes for girls. I'm very passionate about that. Um, and I believe that starts in education and then filters through into the place of work. So, yeah, you know, I've got a fantastic team. I work with fantastic people and that's within my function and outside of the function. I, I you know... I think this is the reason I've stayed in here. People say, why have you stayed for 25 years? I've had offers from other companies. This is what makes me stay here. I think um, that's why we are a company of lifers in many ways. You know, it's sort of, um, I always remember Robert Bazell saying to me, and it has to be just before he retired, um, that, you know, kept me, kept me open and I'm like a stick of rock. Uh, but um <laughs> It's sort of steel running through my veins, not blood. And I remember at the time, because I I think I'd been in the business a couple of years and I did, it was infectious. But the more I sort of think about what he said, I'm like, yes, because <laughs> I feel I feel a bit like that now as well. You know, I feel so passionate about the industry. But yeah. you mentioned that, um, John, about the, the team and the team spirit and the individuals on your team. But you're also part of um, a wider team on the business management team, the BMT, um, yeah. as we call it. Now, there are 10 people on, on that uh, BMT, but only two of you are women. Now, yeah. how do you find that? Is it difficult for you to get your voice heard um, or do you feel comfortable? I mean, having a career surrounded by men, I suppose. But um, lots of women can say, you know, it's difficult to 
to get their voices heard at that very senior level with sort of alpha males then should we say <laughs> yeah no I, I I understand that and I think um with any sort of new role I came into this role I think it's about a year and a half two years ago and I think initially when you make a step up I think we all recognize that maybe we create a glass ceiling for ourselves yeah. um and I I Again, because of my desire to want to do the best, to show 100% commitment, um, sort of challenge myself around how I would fit in that group. What was my contribution? What was my role? And to be honest, as as, as the time has gone on and I, I learned fairly quickly, um, I do bring a different perspective. I am different. Well, we're all different, in fact, on, on the team. And we all have our strengths. Um, and there is an acknowledgement of those strengths um, and the team listen to each other. So as, you know, initially going into the role, I did find it quite hard to find my place. Um, I think I found my place. I understand what I bring. um, And there is a a mutual respect. um, And and certainly I would never say that that is difficult at that um, at that level now. And we have some very challenging circumstances to deal with. Um, and, and, and obviously with the, this current situation we're in with COVID, there are numerous challenges that we're working through. But um, the team work well together. We I feel we listen to each other and it's understanding your worth and making sure that your contribution is heard um, and, and certainly I feel that uh, that is respected and understood by my colleagues at that team. I often wonder um, is representation important and um, for women further down in the organisation with aspirations and sort of looking up um, you know to you as a very senior woman in our organisation um, do you think that it is important that we have women you know on the BMT at board level or do you think it's just the best person for the job whether they be you know male or female obviously we want the best person for the job but um, you know is gender representation is that important do you think? Yeah absolutely I for me uh, the the culture of any working environment is important Um, as I said at the outset really Every employee, all employees, be it male, be it female, ethnic minority, should feel uh, respected in the work environment and should have equal opportunity to grow and advance in their careers. Mm -hmm. The more diverse any organisation can be, the more diverse the candidates coming into their organisation can be, creates a far stronger culture. It helps reinforce that diversity um, and again will naturally I think lead to a far more inclusive culture uh, and and, um, appreciation for what uh, different individuals can bring to an organisation. So for for me having, um, I was fortunate as as I said earlier, early doors, I worked for a very formidable woman who um, I really highly respected and admired and learned so much from. Um, 
that I feel those role models, that culture, that diversification makes it a place where women can inspire to move through the organisation, but it makes the organisation a much better, diverse place, which helps then reinforce the the opportunities that are available uh, for, for all, not 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 just women, but, but men as well. It, it, it is about that reinforcement. So for me, very, very important. I think that should start in school. I think the the organisations and companies then should support that. Um, and, and absolutely, I think um, organisations and the, the potential to deliver more as the culture becomes more diverse is, is increased. I think it's a win-win in, in all respects. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, I think... Like you said, the more that the rep, the organisation represents the communities in which we live and the diverse communities, um, you know, that we're all living in, um, the better we will be as an organisation, um, particularly to have sort of diversity of thought at all levels across of our organisation, um, sort of help us navigate these really rough waters that we've been in for the last sort of um, five years, I suppose, and they don't seem to be getting any um, smoother over the next couple do they <laughs> so, um, lots of challenges ahead and I guess we're, we're, we're not alone in this particular challenge which makes it again a uh, a real opportunity for us all to get behind uh, the business and and to contribute our best to to hit the targets that uh, that uh, that are coming towards us no doubt just to to move on to family life you mentioned at the start that the, one of the biggest challenges for you was sort of finding your feet and um, that sort of crisis of confidence that you will have had um, and the organisation not really quite knowing what to do with you after you had um, your children and your periods of, of maternity leave. But you worked through that and you're now at a very senior level. How have you managed a successful career, but also then a home life, a personal life? Because oftentimes people will say, you know, to excel in one, it's to the detriment of the other. You know, it is it is a really difficult balance to maintain, and um, and certainly I'm I'm no expert in in trying to get that balance. Um, one of the things that I've sort of made a rule to myself about when those um, important events. Um, are needed um, around the family um, it's okay to give give myself permission to have that that time uh, that time out to ensure that I've got a little more balance clearly I do work long hours um, but it's also about giving yourself permission to enjoy these things that the expectation certainly early on in my career I thought the expectation was presenteeism, working long hours, working, you know, uh, around the clock, um, not enjoying these uh, sort of um, home life activities and foregoing them. But I, I, I learned pretty quickly that actually you have to, to make time for that and you have to give yourself permission to do that because you become far more effective in work if you're not carrying that sort of guilt of missing key events, maybe in your family or your children's um, time. So for me, um, and I think that's one of the things I hear a lot from my female colleagues, it's the one thing they don't give themselves permission to do. 
Mm. And I, I really understand that it's quite difficult to do that, especially as you progress in through the organization. But, you know, with a good balance, I feel that certainly you're far more productive in the time then that you are in work and the contribution that you make um, is, is substantially greater. So for me, it was just about that permission. And I share that with people. Mm. You know, you you have to allow yourself time to do these things. And uh, as an organisation, we have to promote a culture that says it's OK to do these things. I'm pleased to be, you know, certainly when I went off on maternity leave, as I said, there was no part time working. There was no um, sort of um, parental leave, keep in touch days, acknowledgement of the, 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 the reality of two parents working usually at home. And um, one of those parents having to take time out to 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 meet those home life commitments. So uh, certainly for me, I, Tata, when I look back, when I had my children to where we are today, the improvements that are there are, um, are phenomenal. Um, and what we must do is allow ourselves the, the time, the permission to enjoy those activities uh, as well without that guilt because I think yeah. you, you feel guilty if you come into work and you feel guilty if you if you if you have time with the, the children or, or follow an event that they're at but I think it's okay it's okay to say yeah we're having a bit of time out it's, you know the, the permission is granted by yourself I think you're right there because oftentimes I will question myself and think oh well I won't do that you know I won't attend that play or um because I have to do something for work and it's the pressure I put on myself you know not from anybody else in the team but like you said it's it's fantastic to hear how much the business uh, the culture of the business has changed in actually in a recent amount of time you know um your carers with you was only 16 so it's not that long ago is it um that the organization was very different uh, culturally um, so it's great to see how much, you know, how we've moved on in a positive ways. And it makes me excited to think, you know, um, where could we be in the next 10, 15 years? You know, culturally, what what would be our statistics um, of male to female employees at that time? You know, at senior level and across um, operations and manufacturing. It's quite exciting to think of that then. Oh, absolutely. And I think if we can create that change in a short space of time, even the recent COVID situation, I mean, we all felt, you know, it's, you can't be as effective working from home. You you can't do these things. We set restrictions for ourselves. And, and, and really, um, you know, it's challenged my thought process mm. in our function before. Um, well, I think it was probably last year. One of the first things I did was introduce a flexible working um, pattern because there was a lot of women working for me who were working well in excess of the hours they were contracted to commit yeah. to just so uh, that they could um, you know they'd finish at three pick their children up from school and then feel that they had to work late into the evening to catch up their work and not get paid for it um, and um, it felt that they couldn't ask for flexible working arrangements and and for me you know we started down that journey and it worked really well for the mums and the dads who have children that they need to look after 
Um, and certainly the whole COVID thing has challenged that again for me in a short space of time. How quickly have we adapted and what really is stopping us with some of these things? What really is stopping us? I'm, I'm not really sure I know the answer. No, um, but I, I've thought that, you know, because um, I used to think, oh, I don't know um, if I could work at home with the children. But <laughs> these last few months, I've realised I can work at home. I can homeschool. <laughs> I've got the three kids <laughs> and I've, I've managed to stay semi-sane, you know. <laughs> it's having those options, though, don't you feel, Nia? I think that we, we, we give ourselves more permission when we think there are options. And generally, I find that the quality of the work that people are offering when they have options to do the work in the time that they feel it's best for them to do the work, uh, you know, it, it pays dividends especially for you know sort of I've got a lot of um, females in in my organization um, and it allows them to enjoy you know the work and and the home life and take away some of those those pressures I'm sure it doesn't alleviate it but I'm sure it takes away some of the pressures that they're facing and consequently you know the output and the um, contribution they make is, uh, is is far better for the organization also Absolutely. And to finish, um, I normally ask, you know, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? But um, seeing as now you have Keris, she's 16. What advice would you give to your daughter if she was thinking about working in what is a traditionally male environment or even going for a role that stereotypically male, um, you know, um, uh, we think isn't open to women? What advice would you give? your daughter yeah it's it's funny she's just uh she's one of these children that is uh you know just missed her GCSEs and uh is is now leaving school and going on to college and uh she um has always always been interested in maths and science not pushed by me but that's what she likes and that's what she enjoys um and I, I think the only thing that I say to her is you know, you you must do what you enjoy doing, um, you know, give it 100%, do the best that you can, you know, commit to something and keep pushing through. I sat and listened to some of the podcasts with her that, uh, that you had launched over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I was really impressed with the the sort of level of maturity and uh, sort of self-confidence, quiet self-confidence that she's got. Because I've always said to her, you know, you know, do the best you can. We've always uh, praised her for every effort that, um, that she's made, not left any um, sort of opportunity with a door shut. It's, it's have a go, try, learn, experience. Uh, she was a, a gymnast for 12 years. She's a really high level of uh, sort of discipline, um, understands that hard work comes with commitment and working things through. Um, and, yeah, so what, whatever she decides to, to do, um, uh, you know, we're, we're our biggest cheerleaders, much to her distress sometimes. <laughs> 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 really, you know, really, ma'am, really, can you keep up to this? But, yes, you know. Be, be yourself essentially and I hope she will never experience the moments of self-doubt that I've had um, that quiet confidence that we've tried to instill in her um, not arrogance just quiet confidence 
um, I'm hoping we'll we'll see her through um, any challenges that she may encounter, you know, going through college and university and, and indeed into the world of work. Um, and again, you know, one of the things I'm sure you, you say to your children is treat people like you want to be treated yourself. And I don't think, therefore, you can be far wrong if your intent and integrity is there and you're doing things for the right reason. Um, and you're doing your best, um, I think most parents would be immensely proud. Absolutely. I think um, when you say sort of persevere, keep going, but enjoy, I think those are sort of words of wisdom that we can all um, take from, isn't it, in our in our careers? Because there will always be times when we don't enjoy what we're doing. But like you said, you know, let's persevere, keep going, um, push through and look for the reasons or look for ways to improve you know there's always light at the end of the tunnel yeah absolutely (laughs) thank you so much for taking the time and talking um to us today and being so open and honest uh joanne it's been a pleasure to speak with you as one of the very senior women in the organization you are definitely a role model uh, for women within your own um function but across the board and for you to sort of be open and talk about the challenges that you have faced um it will really i think help others feel seen and um you know sort of think well i'm not doing too badly so thank you so much um for taking the time no thank you me i really enjoy talking to you thanks very much